to discuss the real issues affecting the Tasman nations, this is Trad Tasman Talk, jointly produced by the Unshackled.net and RightMinds.nz. Now, here's Tim Wilms in Australia and Dewa DeBoer in New Zealand. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Trad Tasman Talk on this Friday, the 15th of July, 2022. I'm Tim Wilms, Editor-in-Chief of The Unshackled here in Melbourne, where it is 6pm. And I am Dewey DeBoer here in Auckland for Right Minds NZ. Uh, it's just at 8pm, and uh, today was the first dry day that we've had in, uh, in a long time. Uh, it's been, been very wet the past uh, few weeks here. Well, it's gone back to being cold here in in Victoria. Uh, obviously, uh, we've had uh, uh, last week a, another uh, serious flood in northwestern Sydney with the, the Warragamba Dam spilling over uh, again. So the the, the wet weather continues uh, up north, but it is definitely. Uh, still uh, very cold down here. Uh, fortunately, that's the the only thing that uh, we can complain about uh, weather-wise. But it's, it hasn't led to any any sort of flooding. The the downpour in New Zealand. No, not at least uh, around my parts. I know that uh, we do have certain floodplains that uh, you know towns built in those floodplains that are flooded this time of year. Um, but um, I haven't been aware of any issues, at least in Auckland, uh, at least not related to the weather. Uh, certainly uh, much uh, else has happened. Uh, and uh, I mean, I've had a very busy week myself and it's good to just sit down and relax. I've got a glass of gin here um, and probably the first time in a few days that I've actually just sat down to relax for a little bit. So we'll try and take it easy tonight. Uh, hello to everyone in the, the live chats uh, on weeks when Dewey is on. We are on the Unshackled and Right Minds YouTube channel and uh, as well as on the Right Minds Facebook page. And I've put in the Entropy link where you can ask a direct question or send through a super chat to uh, support the production of this show and other Unshackled productions. Uh, we always like to have a bit of a, a Q&A at the, the end of the show. And it's good to see some familiar names in, in the chat. And uh, we have, well, much to discuss. We may as well get into it. Our uh, uh, sort of uh, disease uh, update at the beginning of every show uh, since uh, yeah, so it, it, I don't know, uh, lost it, track. Uh, <laughs> yeah. COVID is back at the, the forefront, uh, but of course there's yeah. other viruses, diseases in circulation. But, uh, well, the, the, the obviously the mainstream media is back uh, talking about it because the, the Omicron uh, BA4 and BA5 uh, waves are uh, mm -hmm. underway. And so uh, there's the, the usual uh, commentary from uh, the, the media and I should say selected experts that uh, uh, restrictions uh, need to, to, to come back on, particularly uh, masks. Uh, mm -hmm. that's, the, that's been a bigger point of discussion rather than the, 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 the fourth dose or the, the antivirals. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if you uh, got that picture that I sent you earlier today of uh, three news um, 
uh, hyping up their uh, their covert coverage this year. They had a big, uh, so it was, uh, sorry, not it wasn't Julianne Genton, but it was three news. Uh, three, uh, they had a, a big screen up saying the battle plan for the army of five million. So they're really, really getting stuck back into it. Uh, you know, the you know, ooh, battle plan, five million, blah blah blah. Uh, they're they're you know looking forward to uh, regaining some of the, uh, the you know the, the coverage they've been losing of this by trying to hype it, uh, but. I don't see that as being particularly successful. Um, you did bring up that tweet of Julianne Genter, which I should uh, should discuss as well. Uh, the politicians are, of course, getting in on the crazy too. Uh, the journalists and the politicians, uh, you know, they all hang out in the, the beehive together and uh, uh, they are still hysterical. Uh, Green MP Julianne Genter uh, is claiming that at this meeting that she had, uh, they opened doors, they wore masks, even while speaking. Uh, she brought her little office air purifier and ran it at the event last night, plugged it in and ran it on the train into Wellington this morning. No idea how effective it was. <clears throat> I'll, I'll give you a hint. Uh, absolutely nothing. But it doesn't hurt, right? And that's the uh, that's basically the, uh, I think that really sums up the public health response at the moment. It's like, oh, we'll do anything. Like, yeah, it doesn't it, hurt. It, Actually, it does. And, and the, the, the two of the, the most dangerous uh, words to ask of government is to do something. It's, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter that it, uh, it, it won't work, but just do something to be yeah. seen yeah. to be doing something. Yeah, here's the, I've got the photo now. The, oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. yeah, so the new, yeah, so they are, you know, together, the, the journos and the pollies are, are, you know, they're going to try and milk this for all it's worth. But it's insane. Like it should, it should. To any normal person, this should look absolutely insane uh, uh, at, at this point in time. Uh, there's no way yeah. that uh, I, I, it, they take themselves seriously because they don't meet any regular people out there. But you know, even no. even even the even the people who are jabbed to the hilt and boosted and and whatever else and wear masks all day, they look at some of the stuff. I hope and think that uh, you know this is off the rails. Uh, but if they haven't noticed after two or three years, uh, you know, I don't hold out much hope of, of these people noticing uh, what's going on. Uh, but, you know, there are other issues uh, springing up that uh, these people do pay attention to. So, uh, yeah, it's it's because the reason they've, they're really going back in on the masks now is because the, the mask wearing is fading everywhere. Right. If you go out in public here in, in Auckland, at least. Uh, very little mask wearing. Like you're lucky to lucky to see fifty percent at least where I uh, where I am in, in South Auckland. Um, and and it's yeah. uh, mandatory in shops. In, yeah, so it's still uh, man it's still it's mandatory, good. but but all basically all of these shops have had to give up on trying to do any kind of enforcement. Yes, which so is whether it's mandatory the, doesn't matter. The eventual yeah. uh, situation uh, became here uh, in Australia when the, the there was uh, some uh, remaining mask mandates in uh, retail settings and the uh, refreshingly in Victoria our new new health minister uh, Mary Ann Thomas decided to uh, reject health advice from our acting uh, chief health officer, another bedwetter, Ben Cowie, uh, for masks to be in uh, retail and schools. And uh, so a lot of Dan stands that have just been devastated because, oh, Dan prided himself on following the, the, the health advice uh, for, the, for the last uh, uh, two years. But as the, the, the new minister said that... Uh, 
uh, it's best to empower uh, people to to make their their own health decisions, <laughs> give them their their their, their information, uh, which should have been the, the case uh, all along. And uh, yeah, that, that you... that's something that I do hope has has been a big failure that will can you know that that will have long lasting effects. They they overplayed their hands in terms of uh, you know mandating this, that, and the other thing, rather than giving people the information and the tools to make sensible decisions for themselves, uh, people being able to assess their own risk. Uh, you know, that's what people are doing now and should have been doing all along. Uh, uh, and, you know, circumstances have somewhat forced just about everybody into that situation, uh, but they rejected it early on thinking that their, you know, their modern technocratic solutions, uh, you know, that they would, they would invent a new way of doing public health, that they would, uh, you know, uh, leave the past behind us and and you know usher in a new future of uh you know global technocratic pandemic management and that is uh you know a part ha has come apart uh, has fallen apart because uh you can see that they, they want to bring back these mandates but they know that that there's no point that they will that they've lost basically they have had, they won't admit it yet in uh, you know publicly but they have they they know they've lost you're not going to reshape uh, 2,000 plus years of, of human behaviour mm -hmm. in uh, two years. And if you want to, well, because uh, New Zealand is now uh, an experiment uh, because uh, it has uh, indoor mask mandates in Australia. We have the strictest, strictest in the world. And uh, of course, that means we have the lowest case numbers, right, Tim? Uh, no, uh, slightly above <laughs> uh, the new confirmed COVID-19 cases per million people. This is all throughout 2022, and New Zealand has never lifted its mask mandate. And then we go to deaths. Uh, so despite uh, masks being mandatory in New Zealand, more grandmas are, mm -hmm. are dying. And if you so, were to chart this up with other countries as well, if you were to compare us to anywhere in Europe, anywhere in America, Anywhere in the world that's moved on, uh, our numbers look terrible. I and compare the ones with restrictions. Australia and New yeah. Zealand because we're both in the middle of winter. We're mm. uh, cultural uh, cousins. Uh, mm. You in New Zealand, you have your your own epidemiologists who are in the media calling for uh, the the country to be a mask wearing yeah. society. I uh, a news Michael hub interview Baker. by Michael Baker uh, uh, saying that. Uh, uh, New Zealand needs to be a, a mask-wearing society and that uh, masks at indoor events uh, need to be uh, the norm. Yeah, he obviously was calling for that to be the case for the flu. Uh, new variants of COVID obviously are the same as the flu and that we get new variants, you know, we get new variants every single year. It's the same seasonal disease now. That's that not him there. Forever. No, no, this is not. him there. Uh, so he's in... He's in not uh, <laughs> In person in the studio with the news anchor not wearing a mask. Yeah, exactly. The masks are for the plebs, uh, not for not for the, uh, the smart. I people mean, like if them. he was, you know, like, couldn't he have just zoomed it in from his his his, his home? Therefore, he <laughs> wouldn't have to be in the same room as a person without a mask. I, I think he plays sort of a, a jester type character because. Um, they, they roll them out, I think, for the clicks and the views, so people get outraged about what he says. But I don't believe that there's anybody in the government, in the media, out in, you know, normie land who, who, who takes him seriously. People look at it, you know, people see him and, and um, you know, they straight away think, oh, yeah, you know, what a clown.
Uh, we have the the Aussage uh, group uh, in Australia, whose uh, still long term goal is to uh, the people who are members is to eliminate uh, COVID nineteen, and of course they're they're huge uh, mask uh, zealots, and also uh, uh, want uh, air purifiers uh, in in all uh, indoor spaces now. The thing is, with their call for mask mandates, there's hardly any discussion about which masks actually work because the science is, well, it's well, back here. Yeah. That cloth and surgical masks don't work. They're just COVID theatre. Well, I think as the evidence of New Zealand shows, they make things worse. Uh, uh, and, and like in many cases where if you, if you do something that doesn't actually work, people, uh, it alters people's behaviour in a bad way where they do things that they maybe wouldn't otherwise do thinking that they uh you know that, that they're bulletproof you know it would be like handing out fake bulletproof vests to 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 you to the army and saying oh you know go off your run obviously they're all going to get shot because they think they're wearing bulletproof vests that's the kind of behavior they encourage you know which you know i think my bulletproof vest analogy is better than uh bloomfield's uh seat belt thing you know like oh yes like except um <laughs> out of the car you don't keep wearing the seat belt like this is the thing yeah exactly yeah yeah i'm you know uh, you need to wear your seatbelts. The guy, the the other, the, you know, the other car people in the other car don't die. Yeah. Anyway, it's bizarre. Well, like they're still doing this after three years. Yeah. Well, it in the UK. They've got a massive uh, heat wave at the the, the moment, and so mm-hmm. obviously wear a hat outside and put sunscreen on. But of course, uh, your sunscreen and hat won't work unless everyone else does it. <laughs> exactly. So uh, now, Tim, the uh, we have to revisit the monkeypox epidemic, of course, the one that I predicted. Oh, it's arrived in New Zealand. Two it cases. Has, it has. We uh, uh, like no surprises, I guess. Um, a couple of cases. Um, we're going to have to shut down a certain segment of the community. They were return travelers uh, for, from <laughs> Europe, and we had uh, two new cases. Yeah, yeah, the certain certain types of people that have been spending all, uh, time in certain types of places in Europe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so uh, this is the the, the current uh, case count as of thirteenth uh, of June. The number of monkeypox cases in non-endemic countries has now crossed uh, over ten thousand. And so, as you as you can see, Spain is is number one. I mean, it, uh, this is a, what the the, the, the degeneracy ranking. This is this is like a competition for which country is having the most debauched summer. I think. And most of them in Europe, I see. Well, it is somewhere in Europe that makes sense. Yeah. There's uh, Hmm. 12 deaths that have been attributed to monkeypox, uh, but they are all in Africa. So there's one in Nigeria, two in the Central uh, African Republic, and nine in the Democratic Republic of the the Congo. Uh, Most of the cases in Australia and New Zealand are amongst returned travellers. New South Wales, they suspect that there could be community transmission um you're welcome to speculate uh, where but obviously <laughs> since uh, we're in the the middle of winter our uh what is, our wave is likely to occur into to summer uh during the the, the pride uh period uh so so make sure that, that you've got your uh gorilla face mask ready to go and for full uh ppe protection if you're going into the hotspot areas the the full gorilla suit <laughs> Now, uh, we have a, another uh, biosecurity uh, threat on our uh, doorstep, 
and that is uh, foot and mouth uh, disease. You know, there's an outbreak mm -hmm. in Bali. So foot and mouth that mainly uh, affects uh, cattle, but also uh, uh, buffaloes. And uh, so there have been uh, some in the, the, the National Party who've uh, called for a, a travel uh, ban between Australia and Bali, but I think uh, at the at the moment, uh, a, a lot of people when they hear the word travel ban in 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 the same thing as uh, biosecurity, it's like enough. So mm -hmm. it's a fatal viral disease in cloven hoofed animals, and doesn't uh, it doesn't affect humans, but. Uh, it can be brought into Australia on like clothing or footwear of humans and then be transmitted to livestock. And uh, it could devastate uh, Australia's uh, agriculture, uh, meat uh, supply. I think the only uh, type of meat that would be safe is, is chicken. Uh, so if that happened, wiped out uh, $80 billion in, uh, in, in meat industry, mm -hmm. then I guess uh, we'd have to People eat People would go hungry. He, that's right. You know, I hope the cricket factory is up and running. <laughs> uh, we 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 will cover this conspiracy as it develops. But going so, back uh, to uh, COVID for a moment, uh, there's going to be a national cabinet meeting on on Monday uh, because the the states and territories they're wanting the. Uh, new Labor uh, federal government to reinstate pandemic isolation payments for uh, casual workers because you still have to uh, legally isolate for seven days if you test positive and casual workers don't get uh, sick pay and uh, also to extend concessional free rats, uh, rapid antigen uh, tests and uh, the yeah the the health minister Mark Butler and Treasurer Jim Chalmers have said, look, we've got a trillion dollars of debt. We can't keep uh, doing this. So they've dug their like you know their heels in uh, re really hard, saying like we can't keep going on this. But the states are saying like, look, we're in another uh, wave. Uh, this this needs to happen. And uh, Jacinta, she also had to what is it uh, Omicron, uh, what is it uh, winter wave plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. So the, uh, there was lots of talk about, you know, lockdowns uh, uh, coming, but in the end, there was the, those rumours came from the fact they were they were planning on making some adjustments to the uh, the orange traffic light. So they can just say we're in the orange traffic light and make it whatever they want it to be. Uh, but it seems like there's no actual mandates uh, being implemented there. They were just saying like free masks, free boosters, uh, uh, actual anti like they'll actually make antivirals available, which I wonder, like, yeah, why hasn't they been our, doing that? Why, yeah. why, why hasn't, you know, why wasn't that already the case? Like, that yeah. would be the... That would be a the a lot of the general one. public <laughs> have no idea that these uh, antivirals exist. And there's, yeah. like, and obviously elderly people... And, and they reduce, they reduce hospitalizations among the elderly by 90%, which I think yeah. makes them and, more effective than the vaccine. If you look at the, the breakdown by age, it's the very old yeah. who are dying with COVID. Exactly. Yeah, same, same here in New Zealand. Um, majority in the 90s, obviously. Um, and if you can cut the death rate there by 90% with antivirals, it's like, well, why, you know, why have those been kept hidden away and you've been pushing something else instead that's not as effective? I wonder Who's paying why. for all these free rats? <laughs> uh, the taxpayer is, or the yeah, weapon yeah, exactly. on the, the credit card. Uh, Colin 
uh, there, there is a difference between uh, foot in mouth and, and mad cow disease. Like mad cow, uh, obviously, uh, could be if you ate like a beef burger that had been infected with mad cow, like it did kill people and turn them into uh, uh, veg vegetables. There, there was a, a foot and foot and mouth outbreak in the the uk in 2001 where uh six million uh cattle uh basically had to be culled and burnt like incinerated like that's how uh, because it is so contagious so with within livestock they they have to burn the bodies so yes and uh, we'll, we'll see what other uh old diseases make a comeback because i mentioned on my show on monday there was a uh, two uh, uh two, well, two deadly cases of marburg virus an ebola type hemorrhage uh, fever in ghana which has a 50 percent uh, fatality rate it's named af after the german city of marburg uh where there was uh, uh where it uh, came from it was a lab leak from uh infected monkeys from uganda uh, i mentioned that uh I thought lab leaks uh, were a conspiracy theory, but I've also mentioned previously that monkeypox was first discovered in uh, lab monkeys in Copenhagen. So, so <laughs> I, uh, I didn't yeah, mention... I, uh, Marburg is an interesting city, actually. I will interject slightly here with a, a history lesson. There was a, a very famous uh, declaration uh, from Marburg around um, the lower magistrates interposing on the behalf of people against uh, tyranny. So there's actually a... Uh, sort of a legal principle even in some places around uh you know that uh, if if a higher if higher uh, authorities mandate things that are that are that are evil and wrong that lower authorities lower magistrates or or uh you know people with authority actually have the the the, the, the right and the duty to overrule uh, to overrule those people so uh, uh you know that that happened in the city of uh, of marburg in uh get 16 probably 15 1500s sometime uh, i'll have to don't have all the uh you know all that in front of me since you just brought it up i didn't know you were going to mention the city uh, but certainly a very interesting interesting story when that uh, uh city was uh, uh besieged and I, I believe the 16th century yeah i've also i i also mentioned on monday why is it named after the city where it leaked from i mean i thought that was racist like we're not allowed to say Wuhan virus. <laughs> Uh, you, you can't be racist against Europeans. You know that. Now let's go on to the uh, Pacific Island Forum, which took place in, in Fiji. Uh, has uh, Jacinta uh, gone? Because we just basically forgot about her after she had her uh, tour of uh, Australia. And mm -hmm. uh, this, I, uh, I forgot about her a long time ago, so I actually am not aware if she went. I do believe our foreign minister went. I saw some photos of our foreign minister there. Um, that was about it. May somebody yeah. in the chat may know. I know it's my job to know uh, who went there, but yes, uh, our foreign minister there, uh, just you know, wearing like a casual baggy t shirt to diplomatic meetings. Um, oh, in the Pacific as well, like uh, Albo was wearing like, and yeah. Penny Wong was wearing like traditional uh, Islander shirts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, just, just, uh, you know, the standard, the standards, and I'll recover this, uh, sorry, or, or not recover, but I'll cover this topic a little bit later on uh, when we're talking about uh, some of the issues around the uh, New Zealand ethnostate situation. But yeah, the standards are very, very low in our government uh, in terms of uh, you know, any kind of discipline or uh, any attempt to look like a professional organization. 
Uh, now, uh, going back to this story, uh, Greg Sheridan, the foreign writer for The Australian, pretty much summed up uh, one of her speeches in Australia. Jacinta Ardern gets lavish play, praise for speaking nonsense uh, because she, she said that Pacific nations should not be forced to pick sides amid growing concerns about the rise of China in the region. <laughs> And uh, he said, we're trying to give uh, the Pacific an alternative from being conscripted into debt traps and hegemony by the most ruthless authoritarian dictatorship in the world. And she says, don't cast this struggle as one between authoritarianism and democracy. She might as well say, don't describe the sky as blue and the trees as green. <laughs> Uh, certainly, uh, uh, you know, saying that you're not going to pick sides uh, usually means that uh, you know those sides are going to pick one for you. So uh, we know we know which side uh, New Zealand is on. Something we've discussed on the show many times before. Uh, the influence of the CCP in New Zealand is is quite broad, and there's very little uh, that happens here, or even is allowed to happen diplomatically that uh, that would offend the uh, Chinese ambassadors or the Chinese state. We had uh, uh, Albo. Uh, it's it was held in in Fiji. Uh, mm -hmm. He he met uh, the the Sol Solomon Islands uh, Prime Minister uh, Mansia Sogavare, and he said that uh, Albany is confident China won't build base in Solomon Islands. I assume he's going to come back when he mm -hmm. comes back to Australia again from another overseas uh trip he's going to have a piece of paper in his hands and wave it up saying well, i've achieved peace in our lifetime in our region. <laughs> yeah. uh, because uh, yes uh never mind the fact that we've seen uh chinese forces training solomon islands uh uh forces uh which all he said so i said what they're just training to like you know uh, cr uh crack down on troublemakers on our island there's nothing sinister mm -hmm. here <laughs> <laughs> but there uh there, there was a uh well a significant a significant declaration at the at the at the summit is that uh they 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 uh declared a climate emergency in a statement and they praised australia oh, emissions reduction <laughs> uh, target. And so uh, the Fijian Prime Minister, who's really a de facto military dictator, mm -hmm. Frank Animarara, says he would love to see a, a COP climate conference come to the Pacific, uh, the Pacific mm -hmm. and uh, but added negotiations to find far more what they can produce where they were held. He wants Australia to, to wean itself off uh, uh, fossil fuel. Uh, when when I hear that, uh, <laughs> a, like any type yeah. of any uh, any type of like council or whatever or nation or NGO declares a climate mm -hmm. emergency, it basically, it I, I envision it as like they're just like smashing like a fire glass and saying emergency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I see. See, Origin point out here that uh, China has built all of uh, Fiji's roads. Uh, yeah, they. Uh, I mean, they're massively in debt to China. Obviously, no intent to ever pay it back, I guess. But not like the uh, not like China cares because it can get what it wants, uh, you know, from its military uh, bases there. So, yeah. the um, the yeah, the climate emergency. Obviously, they they I guess for them the plan is to switch. So they'd be like, okay, we've done the the like you've got the zero point zero one percent chance of dying from the disease thing that that necessitates all of these lockdowns. Well, you know, climate change, you have a higher chance of dying, and so we're going to do. You know, we're going to be able to ramp up 
what we did with lockdowns, but we're going to be able to do it for the climate, uh, you know, we, you know, with uh, restrictions. But you can already see what happens to the countries that have done this. Uh, Sri Lanka has been in the news, especially in the past couple of weeks. Uh, basically, the country is uh, yeah, the, it, yeah, the, the, and you know the, they went the, full in on they went full in on organic farming. You know, a lot of this climate change garbage, and they like they just burnt the country to the ground. Uh, the Netherlands at the moment uh, has massive protests uh, from farmers as well. The the government's basically passed uh, or passing legislation that will uh, allow it to expropriate you know farmland that uh, you know if farmers don't cut uh, uh, nitrogen emissions, cattle numbers, and uh, other CO two emissions by thirty percent. Uh, but obviously, if you cut your cattle numbers by thirty percent, your farm doesn't work anymore. Uh, if you know if you're unless you're making you know well you know like massive margins uh yeah you can, you can maybe maybe if you don't ask what uh, disease outbreaks will do that work for yeah, <laughs> yeah what's gonna happen then and then you know that then this so they're gone uh you're gonna go crops if you've got to cut your fertilizer numbers by 30 percent uh you're gonna lose more than 30 percent of your crops i would say uh you know the, the fertilizer uh tends to be uh uh you know applied in such a way to target specific yields if you drop that by 30 percent, who knows what that could do to those yields uh, and and basically, uh, yeah, sure. The Netherlands is a fairly wealthy country by uh, uh, you know for even first world standards. They could just you know stop producing food and buy it from overseas, uh, and then you know what happens? The price of food goes up elsewhere. They can outbid all these third world countries, and millions of people uh, uh, could starve. Right? And they're not going to be like you know Europeans or Dutch people necessarily, but it's the people who's you know who who can't get the food they're producing anymore, and then they'll uh, you know instead of the farmland. They can farm uh, people, you know, build, uh, you know, eco housing, commie blocks and uh, import, you know, human biomass from the third world, you know, who will be fleeing the starvation that they created by destroying the farmland. You know, it, it's an absolutely insane plan, but that's that's their, you know, that's their climate emergency, right? That's when they take the, the, the climate emergency seriously is that they're going to just like murder millions of people. Uh, we had uh, last week uh, Foreign Minister Penny Wong uh, travel to, to Bali, like it's a neutral place to, to meet the the, the foreign uh, minister, uh, Wang Yi. The headline was Wong meets uh, Wang. So uh, they, uh, what is it, uh, met to, what is it, to stabilise relations. That's the, that's the terminology. And so the, the 14 demands uh, that China had are now down to, to four uh, demands. And, uh, well, it's obviously despite uh, the, what is it, uh, Pacific Island saying Australia needs to take action on climate change, uh, they're not really worried about uh, all of the uh, emissions coming from, from China. And uh, now it looks like that uh, uh, China has finally blinked and is going to start buying back mm -hmm. our, our coal. And this was basically always the, the good strategy. What, just... Uh, you know, see see what happens, and obviously the uh, CCP. Uh, there's uh, huge rebellions going on uh, because of the banking crisis and the COVID zero uh, policies. Not that you'll see that uh, much footage of that uh, uh, come out, and they they don't want a another power shortage uh, this winter because uh, winter it uh, they're they're in the northern hemisphere, so their winter. Uh, will be around uh, Christmas time. So this is how you you, you do it. It's like, do you want a coal? Fine. Like, see how you do without it. And then they come exactly. crawling back. So, yeah. 
Yeah, well, it's exactly what uh, I could say New Zealand could basically do to countries that we export food to who want, you know, climate targets met. It's like, okay, cool. You don't get our dairy. You don't get our beef. You don't get our, uh, our lamb. You don't get anything anymore. And, uh, you know, what what are, what are they going to eat? This is the thing. We, we produce uh, uh, an insane amount of food. I believe to feed roughly 60 million people uh, going off the top of my head here. Uh, you know, if, if New Zealand, again, is meeting climate targets, we're cutting, you know, massive food, you know, food production is going to be cut. That's basically the plan for the, you know, much like we saw in Sri Lanka, much like we're seeing in the Netherlands, other parts of Europe, uh, you know, you know, and, and, you know, at least when it came to, you know, to, to a geopolitical crisis that wasn't the, you know, the climate change, uh, Australia took the right strategy, which was to, to force China to blink, which they would, which they were always going to do. Uh, but it will be, uh, be same with I don't know if um, I believe steel was a big issue, uh, if I remember correctly from last year. I don't know if that's still the case. Um, I don't have an update on that. So, no, but, but, but that's the kind of situation where, again, like you know, they're the ones who need it more, and and they if they haven't already given up, they will give up. Same same situation. Uh, China's strategy, like uh, with the with their their trade uh, sanctions on Western nations, it also relies on the fact that there's many uh, cinephiles in Australia, apologists who just say, "Give them everything they want, to bend over for them, and then give them some more." Yeah. And uh, Origin point out here, um, you know, New Zealand's huge on the dairy uh, market, baby formula, so on. Same thing. And a lot of that goes to China. You know, if if, if we upset China, who cares? We just say, "Okay, fine. You don't get our stuff anymore. Good luck." And, uh, you know, we, they need, uh, it's, it's that kind of situation, who needs who more? Uh, and, uh, and that will be the interesting test. But, but New Zealand is not going to, to push that uh, like Australia has. So we can, we can theory craft that all we like, but uh, <laughs> it's not going to happen. They, like uh, most of the, the national security hawks uh, have been pleasantly surprised by how good uh, Albanese and Wong been have been on holding the line on 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 China uh, so like for the everyday Australian the the change of government has uh, as 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 is hasn't really impacted them much though it could uh, if <laughs> if you uh, replace one good globalist with another good globalist you shouldn't notice a difference so but if they uh, or legislate their 43% uh, percent, uh, emissions reduction target when Parliament finally resumes on, well, opens, the new Parliament opens on uh, July 25th, 25th. This is why they're like, all the ministers have been like overseas because Parliament hasn't uh, sat. Uh, I had uh, Alan Moran on uh, from Regulation Economics uh, uh, last week who just said, you know, power, it's just going, power prices are just going to continue uh, to increase, but they probably would have still increased anyway under a returned liberal and national uh, government because net zero is uh, bipartisan. Exactly. So, like the crapness of the crapness, the the bad, <laughs> bad, po bad policies uh, probably would have been the same if, if if there wasn't a change of government. And I very much suspect we'll see the same here. Obviously, uh, we're still a while away from our election, and uh, we'll see how that uh, develops. Uh, and sort of on that subject of uh, the wanting to change the government here in New Zealand, uh, we've had a an interesting development between um, the ACT Party and the uh, Maori Party. Uh, the um, 
uh, at least the uh, um, what's the uh, sorry, I've forgotten the same phrase. Rawira, Rawiri Waititi. I won't try and get fancy with that one. Yeah, you're, uh, you're supposed and... to like know how to <laughs> pronounce all of these things. I don't think they know how to pronounce these things. Um, you're, well, you're, you're, a big part of it is rolling your R's, uh, just like in Dutch. So I'd be good at that, but then I, it's it's difficult to to mix that up. Uh, with with the English, I find so, so it would be like Rawiri Waititi. Anyway, who who cares? He that's probably not how he pronounces it, so who cares? Um, so he, anyway, he's basically you know says oh you know the Act Party is racist, blah blah blah. The Act Party does the whole like you know we need liberal democracy. Uh, liberal democracy is great because it, uh, it liberal democracy means that we can have abortions and and stuff like that. So that's why it's so important. And then the Maori Party is like no we you know that, that's racist to say that everyone should uh, get to vote for. Our, the same thing, uh, and so on. So they 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 had this basically this made up fight uh, between them. Uh, but then it got to the point where uh, Awiri Waititi made a video. We uh, took some uh, was talking about poisonous berries that are native in New Zealand, and he uh, basically said he was going to squeeze them out into uh, into David Seymour's drink when he was back in Parliament. So threatening to uh, poison uh, David Seymour, and uh, you know, haha, very funny joke. Um, and uh, and you know that uh, uh, was something that, that that really upset David Seymour. Uh, you've seen journalists go after uh, him as well with um, articles again claiming that he's racist and uh, which you know uh, there are a lot of like there are some very bad things about David Seymour as I pointed out. He like his big thing of like oh we need liberal democracy so we can murder more babies. Like David Seymour's not the good yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, but the reason they hate him is because he thinks that um, you know the that um, you know. Basically, he believes in a in a what we almost call it a traditional version of democracy, where uh, you know one you know one the, the one man one vote set up a like, I think he means one non gender specific blob one vote. Uh, that's sort of David Seymour style, and that's considered to be very very racist in New Zealand now because we have uh, you know we have a lot of uh, separate agencies set up now uh, and and separate wards, separate uh, you know most local councils will now have separate uh, elections for uh, Maori councillors and you know they obviously have separate uh, health board or, or um, health authority uh, separate um, I'll see you'll see some of the others I don't believe education is one they're working on but they probably would uh, and then there's of course the uh, the three waters reforms so basically the water uh, new water authority again will basically be uh, run by uh, uh, the foreign minister's family and uh, Nani Yamahuta. So she has like three, three of her family members out of the five board members. You know, out of the five board members governing this authority. Uh, it, it's a, it's a kind of a crazy banana republic stuff that they are, uh, you know, is 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 becoming the norm in New Zealand. And you know, the only person in Parliament who's talking against that is David Seymour. Right? Uh, uh, and um, yeah. While he's terrible on just about everything else, that's one thing where he, uh, I think, probably you would say would represent uh, uh, what most people in New Zealand think that this is a, a really bad idea. But you can't speak out against it because then it's like, oh, you're racist. And he doesn't want to be called racist. So then he goes and writes articles like, oh no, actually, I'm, you know, I'm not the racist. Uh, we get into like the left, you know, the left of the real racists uh, uh, debate, which you're going to lose every single time. Uh, so yeah, Even basically nobody's willing uh, to engage on this. Days. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he, like, oh, you're going to be running around saying I'm not a racist all the time. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. That's basically David Seymour's strategy. You're going to run around and say that he's not racist all the time. And that's that's not going to work out. 
uh, we have the 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 new uh, Labor government. Uh, well, they they keep talking about that they want to enshrine an Indigenous voice in the constitution, though we still have no detail from the Indigenous Affairs Minister Linda Burney, uh, former. Uh, uh, Liberal Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull just uh, uh, said it could become a third chamber, which is what we're all uh, concerned about. Only eight out of 44 <laughs> referendums uh, have succeeded since mm. uh, Federation. So, and then of course, if it's if it's not uh, not sufficient enough for uh, some of the uh, Aboriginal sovereign uh, sovereign uh, sovereignty activists, uh, then uh, they'll vote against it and then it'll definitely fail. Uh, I did have one more uh, corruption, uh, well, sort of corruption-related story as well. We're talking about, still with the Mahuta family um, uh, and, and the way that they are able to be appointed onto all of these uh, separatist boards. You also have um, uh, Matthew uh, Chukaki, and I don't think he is a... MP, I actually forget what role he plays, but he um, he was at least well known in the Labour Party, an uh, important figure. But he basically faked his CV, so he made up all of the stuff that he did, and uh, and you know the, they uh, yeah, Maori Council was very distancing uh, distancing himself, you know, distancing themselves from him. Uh, many people in the Labour Party now distancing themselves from him again. Uh, but he made it all up, you know, in his CV, tried to make himself look really good, and uh, and it was all fake. And you know, those this is the kind of corruption that's super, like becoming much more common now in New Zealand, I believe. And, uh, and people get away with it. And, you know, like in this case, he's slightly embarrassed, but he doesn't suffer any real consequences and he won't be the only one doing this. And, uh, you know, as you get these sort of these dynasties, uh, these that are set up like the Mahuta family where, you know, the government agencies give them contracts for everything. Uh, it just goes, uh, you know, it, it, it is just really banana Republic stuff. And, uh, and you're not allowed to say anything about it because that's racist. So you have to get some people, like I saw a comment here where you say from, from uh, Kieran, just saying I'm, I'm a racist. So you're going to have to get some racist people to deal with this. That, that may be the only way. And uh, you uh, were mentioned uh, in the, the mainstream media uh, again, uh, in fact, on uh, uh, yeah, national TV when I... Oh, sorry. Uh, before you carry on, sorry, I see the comment from Origin. You're saying that the important thing about Matthew Tutaki is that he's the chief executive of the National Maori Authority. So he's one of part of one of these separatist organisations, or you know, running it up. So he gets onto these boards the same way that uh, a lot of these other people do via corruption and lies. Sorry, we can talk about me now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So uh, Bob Mikorski, who uh, we covered when you were last on, he, he's the director of Family First NZ that mm -hmm. was deregistered as a, as a charity. Right. And you uh, have previously said it's a good thing because now they can actually do serious mm -hmm. activism. And uh, uh, so this is what happened. Oh, well, I, I certainly hope that. A comment that was made on Twitter by Dewey DeBoer, who uh, was a new conservative activist uh, candidate and, and is a, a, a right long, right, yeah, I know, a right wing blogger. I just, I'm interested in your thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, Dewey said that uh, the charity decision um, meant a good day for Christian nationalism, untethered from legal restraints on political activity. The real work can begin. And I wondered mm. if, that, if that reflects your view. 
No, I'm not quite sure what he means by that, um, because for Family First, even though we're underpinned by a Judeo-Christian value, I've, I've worked in tandem mm. with uh, other faiths, Muslim faiths, during the uh, cannabis referendum, during the euthanasia referendum, during the abortion debate. We've, we've uh, held hands mm. with other faiths and non-faiths as well. Right. Does it free you up, though? Uh, not being registered, uh, yeah. uh, absolutely, because there was always this fine line about mm. whether you were doing too much political advocacy. Yeah. And so I think, you know, we were worried that we were overstepping that mark. But then again, we were looking at other organisations, other... Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm famous again, uh, and <laughs> thank you. You mispronounced his name, it's Bob McCroskey. Uh, and oh, OK, well, close. And the, mispr the mispronunciation of my name is now part of, uh, of mainstream media, which is great. Uh, so I'm going to have to change my name to, to one of Donald Duck's nephews and um, live my life that way. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, so Bob's answer, like he does the whole, yeah, he goes all like, oh, you know, we hold hands at all, all faiths, blah, 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 blah. Like it's the super boomer stuff that um, I think is, is fading away and needs to fade away because it's like, just like, uh, basically it's there. It's the boomer equivalent of like multicultural, like I know we're like multi-faith uh, in blah, blah. We, you know, we love all the faiths, et cetera, et cetera. It's like the, it's basically like, oh, New, Zealand, New Zealand is like, <laughs> no, yeah, we love non-faith. You know, like, who cares? like that's not what we're here for. Uh, that's, that's, that's not what we're here for. We're here, we're, we're, we're here because we're Christians. We're here because we want to, uh, you know, we want to see the Great Commission fulfilled. We want to see New Zealand and, and you know, other kind of, well, the whole world, you know, transformed by uh, the love and teachings of, of Christ. And that's, you know, that's, you know, compared to what we have, what we see now is happening to New Zealand. Like, who, who cares about other faiths and non-faiths when, like, what you're going to end up with is, uh, uh, you know, the uh, whether it's the all of the drag stuff the trans children you know mutilating kids and murdering babies and like on and on it goes to like the worst absolute demonic uh stuff and and you know that you still have unfortunately uh people like bob and he does you know he does great work on some of the stuff he you know, obviously does but but he's good at losing in the end because they're not really focusing on uh, uh like no this is actually a spiritual battle and they kind of miss out on that. Like they, he knows that, but he, the, the organizations and their strategies are set up in such a way to minimize that, to downplay that all the time. And I think that's why, like, why they keep losing, really. But anyway, I'm glad that I'm, uh, you know, famous enough to to be mentioned. Uh, and uh, I'll uh, catch up with Bob sometime and have a little chat with him. But uh, uh, you know, he's he's uh, he he he's going to keep doing what he does. And uh, I'll keep trying to annoy him uh, every little way that I can. I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's actually the family. Family first is having a conference. I think in September. Um, so I've just had had some friends over today who said they wanted to go, and I'm, I'll probably go as well. So the um, forum on the family here in New Zealand, um, usually very kind of boomer heavy, but I think we'll try and get some younger people along this time. Uh, so we may may put together a good uh, sort of right minds. Christian nationalist contingent and, uh, and and see what we can get done. Yes, you're very late in uh, <laughs> uh, Oh, well, you're only 45 minutes late. We're just uh, uh, wrapping up uh, uh, wrapping up the show. No, well, not quite, but uh, yeah. And yes, Origin, yes. let's go. Yeah, cheers. We're we're gonna. It's gonna be great. Uh, now, despite the fact that Australia is uh, fully open. Uh, to the world, including to the the unvax, so uh, Novak which, Djokovic which makes it 
makes a difference to to New Zealand because you know we're still like half shut off from so much of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, not are, even that. I, I, I can go to Australia, but I can't go to New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Novak Djokovic could uh, come to Australia the twenty twenty three Australian Open, though the new Home Affairs Minister would have to waive like the rest of his three year ban. He he apparently won't be allowed in the the US Open because the Biden administration bans uh, un unvaxxed tourists and visa holders. So we're like at the moment actually more open than uh, Biden's uh, United States, but of course. Nobody is coming because uh, we trashed our international reputation in 2020 and 2021 with our police state lockdown. So I can't imagine why people don't want to come here for a holiday or to to, to work. <laughs> and uh, saying so, yeah, like like uh, was it last week and the week before Jacinda was doing her global tour, like begging people to come to New Zealand. Like, oh yeah, hey, New Zealand's open if you're. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> Um, yeah, if you're rich and uh, triple jabbed, you can somehow find your way in. Uh, and you know, as long as you're not too poor either, because we have a big shortage now of um, uh, nurses as well. Obviously, you know, always always has like it shows up in in the winter. Obviously, when you need more staff, the they fired a whole bunch of nurses, and then they are like, oh, we don't have any nurses, and then uh, you know, they've changed the rules that that you know migrant nurses have to stay for two years, which I don't think is unreasonable. But then if you just said it's something very, very racist, uh, she was like, oh, maybe maybe they don't really want to be nurses here. Like maybe, they, you know, they, they don't want to commit to New Zealand, which is a good, you know, like, hey, I say something nice about Jacinda. She's actually, you know, people, if people do come to New Zealand, we should expect them to commit to New Zealand uh, in some way for at least a couple of years. Um, and uh, yeah, but but the, the government is not allowing them to bypass, uh, you know, other, uh, you know, they're not, they don't, they're not treating a nursing shortage in the way they would treat other shortages. Like if you're, I think, a video game developer, uh, you can come into New Zealand, like bypassing almost all the restrictions because we have a video game developer shortage, apparently. Um, but if you're a nurse, you still have extra, you know, extra hoops to jump through. So the, the lobby, like the nursing, immig like immigrant nursing lobbyist group is not as effective as some of these other niche uh, uh, lobby groups are, apparently. Uh, yeah, but I'm surprised they didn't. Nobody called her out for being so um, uh, racist and and xenophobic by saying that you know maybe these nurses are just coming in because they want to use New Zealand as a stepping stone. Uh, so they 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 the government is planning an immigration reset uh, here in Australia. <laughs> Uh, when yeah. Albanese uh, was in Australia for once uh, with Treasurer Jim Chalmers, he announced a, a job summit uh, for uh, September. You could call it a, a sort of uh, economic forum, like just not on a, on a world scale. And uh, so Albanese in his press conference said uh, he's going to bring big, big business, big unions uh, to discuss ways to, to grow back stronger. So obviously it's a similar sort of slogan to build back better, but I don't think he wanted to be that obvious. <laughs> um, uh, though uh, business leaders, they said the they want the government to include a temporary two-year increase to skilled migration to allow 200,000 overseas migrants to come every <clears throat> year. And so Jim Chalmers said, well, migration would be an important consideration in the summit. It shouldn't be a substitute for uh other reforms uh so 
I believe that uh, Anthony Albanese is going to open this uh, job summit in September. It's going to be at Parliament House by saying, the future will be built by us in this room. <laughs> uh, like I said, one, one good globalist to replace another. Uh, I think it will, uh, at least in the next year, be interesting to see like the two Labour governments uh, in Australia, New Zealand, and all of the crazy stuff they get. Well, they, they, it's, it, 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 even though uh, he's standing up to China, Albanese, he's uh, when uh, he was with Jacinta again on Friday, basically said uh, he was going to give her everything that she wanted. Uh, we're not going to deport Kiwi criminals who've lived most of their lives oh, in Australia, and even uh, Kiwis living in Australia can vote in our elections. Oh, well, now we're talking, you know, yeah. getting, getting, delivering for new, I see uh, Albo is going to be a great prime minister for New Zealand. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> this is the seventh state of Australia in our constitution. Yeah, so exactly, as, as, as we uh, are always reminded of. Uh, also, yeah, I mean, we, we're all still losing like net about 80,000, like it'll be 60 to 80,000 people a year that we're losing at the moment, especially under a Labour government, like we lose a massive amount of people, uh, which takes a lot of pressure off, off New Zealand. And it's good for New Zealand workers, uh, because, you know, you're not inundated by, by constant waves of migration that, uh, you know, it will depress wages, especially in um, you know, the less skilled sectors. Um, but yeah, a lot of people just, you know, using New Zealand to jump jump ship to Australia. So it'll be interesting to see when you guys give them more rights, you'll end up with all the worst uh, aspects of New Zealand, but influencing Australia. Well, the, the main thing that Kiwis have always wanted when they migrate to Australia is our welfare and mm, access yep. to our HEX uh, system as well. <laughs> for, you know, universe, you, uh, for Australian taxpayer to subsidise no. New Zealanders' uh, mm. uh, university studies in Australia. Uh-huh. So uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be like the the migration waves going from Australia from New Zealand to Australia will grow uh, uh, larger and larger if they get welfare and uh, education all paid for. I, I guarantee it. Um, I was talking about the yeah, nursing shortage as well. I was going to point out uh, Sean Plunkett uh, from the platform had a um, a minor heart attack uh, yesterday, I believe. Uh, uh, yes. And uh, he is, he says he's doing okay and he's been to hospital. Um, and he did say that, that they didn't seem too busy and everything was quite smooth. So there you go. But, uh, you know, on that subject of nursing shortages and all of the COVID stuff that we have, you know, Sean Plunkett, you know, some people are really putting, you know, putting in the work for boosting and all of that, you know, you know, really taking, uh, taking it all to heart. Uh, the, one of the other reasons that uh, people, uh, residents of Auckland, might be fleeing to Australia is because, well, the, the gangland uh, war continues. In fact, uh, there was uh, another, what is it, shooting in West Auckland this afternoon, two killed. Yes, that was uh, this afternoon's breaking news. I actually don't have very much information about it um, having just happened. I must say this evening, I think, is when it was uh, reported or it's still being updated now, just looking at the, the date on the... Uh, on the story I've got here, but uh, yeah, two two people were killed. Two people were killed, and um, one man has been taken into custody in West Auckland. Um, West, you know, South Auckland gets a bad rap, but South Auckland is actually a really good, um, a really good place. I really enjoy South Auckland um, because uh, you know, anyway, West Auckland's where like is is at least if you consider South Auckland to be scummy, uh, West Auckland is much much worse. Um, and uh, 
yeah, definitely. Uh, it's very sad to see um, fatal shootings here. I suspect, again, because of what they've said here, is that this is likely gang-related. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's uh, very, very sad. We had a, a fatal drive-by shooting in Fitzroy on, on Tuesday evening, which was, was quite, mm -hmm. quite shocking and, and made national news. Uh, so, yeah, we've, we've still had uh, plenty of, of uh, violent crime here in Victoria under uh, Dan Andrews' uh, premiership. It uh, was uh, one of the most uh, common features of Victoria pre-COVID. And, Sorry, uh, I'm just looking at the map here of the shooting. If you bring that article back up and scroll down to the bottom, there's actually a map of all of the um, the shootings in, in Auckland during... Well, they're, 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 hot, they're hot spots where the... So basically, are. you can see, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, all over the place now, but you're mostly... You can see them in South Auckland and in and, and West Auckland there. But the yeah, there have been no fatal shootings in in, uh, in South Auckland so far, I, I believe. So they, they're firing warning shots, uh, basically, which is interesting now that... Uh, one of the reactions that the Labour Party um, uh, gave is that they've announced a bill to, you know, give themselves more more anti-gang yeah, powers to on the gangs. So they give police more powers, but then one of the uh, new laws that they're passing will be uh, a new offence in the Crimes Act that if a firearm is discharged with the intent to intimidate any person or group of people, you would get five years in prison. So uh, that's kind of what they're doing, and at least in South Auckland, is using firearms for intimidation. But the problem is if you go and make that illegal, then it's like, well, okay, if I'm going to spend five years in prison for discharging a firearm and fire, like firing a warning shot or or some kind of intimidation, then, uh, or like, or if I shoot them and get five years in prison, like, what's the difference? You know, like, why, like, why does Labour think that they that we need a shoot to kill law in New Zealand? Basically, it's like if you're going to shoot someone, uh, if you if you give them a warning shot, then you go to prison. But if you shoot them and kill them in self-defense, well, that's you know obviously legal. So you but you know very strongly encouraged uh to shoot to kill in new zealand if you're in a situation where you have to shoot someone because it's illegal to to do anything else uh so thanks to the labor government for implementing like uh what is it like american uh american right-wing uh policy on uh on like you know self-defense basically where it's like no don't no warning shots just uh you know uh pump them full of lead because that's your best shot at you know having a fair defense uh, and the the Mister Fixit of the the Ardern government, the new police minister Chris Hipkins, uh, this is him announcing it. We'll be introducing a new offence in the Crimes Act that could carry a penalty of up to five years in prison if a firearm is discharged with the intent to intimidate any person or group of people. Does the new law about stopping intimidatory gun shots cover raw people firing in the air to ward off rustlers and equipment thieves? Yeah, so the issue here is where there is that intention to intimidate. So the threshold applies. These aren't tag uh, these are these are carte blanche offences. That's what the uh, Bill of Rights requires. So if you are going out with the intent to intimidate any person with a gun, discharging it at them, uh, you know, be at the discretion of, to the police as to how they'll charge you there. So yeah, I'm sure the uh, farmers are going to love that one. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's a crazy. It's a crazy thing because it's already illegal anyway to, to misuse your firearm, to misuse a firearm in the way that the gangs are doing it. Like, you don't need another uh, law to say Yeah, but they, uh, then they, again, they need to be like seen as doing, <laughs> doing something. something. Yeah, so it's, just a, it's, an insane, it's an insane reaction. It's like, oh, they're doing something illegal, so we're going to see to be doing something to make something else illegal that that's only really going to affect farmers. Like, it's bizarre. <laughs> 
uh, we've had in in New South Wales a uh, solution uh, to the uh, twenty five uh, million dollar uh, price tag uh, to to put the the Aboriginal flag uh, permanently <laughs> on the Harbour Bridge. Uh, so they're just going to they're going to take down the New South Wales flag from the bridge and just fly the the Aboriginal flag and save the the twenty five million. That's what Dan Andrews did in Victoria on the Westgate Bridge. Took down the uh, Victorian uh, flag, uh, though uh, apparently the the New South Wales flag uh, will uh, there'll be a new flag at the uh, uh, Macquarie Street uh, where the New South Wales Parliament uh, is. So it'll it'll be yeah near the Parliament where probably hardly anyone. Uh, we'll we'll see it there. So, I yeah, the the twenty five million has been has been saved. That's that's good. Line. <laughs> ah, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, um, uh, I guess the flag. I believe we've talked about this flag before, haven't we? It was basically invented by a white man. Kind of similar situation to New Zealand, where um, all of these things tend to be invented by Europeans and then sort of. You know, appropriated and, and turned into try like they're trying trying to create a kind of a national well sub subnational an, an ethnic kind of an ethnic identity and like a cohesive ethnic identity for for people but it's like just like you know like you know the the, the um, guilty Europeans doing it for them. Well, we have uh, all pre- uh, government press conferences now with three flags: the Australian flag, Aboriginal <laughs> flag, and Torres Strait Islander. Uh, flags. Um, I, I um, thought you were going to say yeah. that the, you're going to be flying, flying the, uh, the the WEF flag or, or something like that. <laughs> that the World Economic yeah, Forum uh, flag. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, like, if there's any more flags uh, that, uh, uh, that the uh, rainbow, the, the 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 new the new trans flag with the Ukraine colours on it. Yes. <laughs> uh, as like I saw, sorry, I'm going to segue slightly to Ukraine. Uh, I know we're, we're we're at the end of the show, by the way, guys. We're just going to um, yeah. So if you want to put through, through a, a super chat, and, uh, and we're going to talk about some international stuff life. just for five minutes. We'll, we'll go slightly over time, and uh, yeah, yeah. So the uh, I saw um, on like the Twitter trending tabs. Apparently, Ukraine was going to legalize gay marriage uh, because well, it's like, just a petition. People. Yeah, so that was, the, but that was like how they sold the story, right? When you're like, ah, oh, some. Like, yeah, it's like there's 43 million people like, in. I was just uh, thinking. Like, I was like thinking, like, are you occupied? Talk about like occupied Ukraine. It's like, are you who occupied Ukraine? <laughs> I think it was a good stone toss comic uh, there with the like the Russians looking at their binoculars and in Ukraine, and it's like to see the flag flying, and it's the gay like the gay pride flag, and it's like, who is it? And like Americans. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's basically. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So uh, over in the the, the mother country, uh, the the governing uh, conservative party is uh, voting for a new prime minister after they forced uh, the resignation of Boris Johnson last Thursday. Uh, he didn't want to go, but basically nobody uh, there was not enough people to, to fill the government benches because they they all resigned en masse. Uh, so now there's a, so, so there's a two-pronged process. The first, uh, the uh, Conservative uh, Party uh, MPs, there's 358. 
they uh, whittle down the what's termed the what we call the the Melbourne Cup field of candidates to a final two, and uh, then the uh, Conservative Party membership uh, have the the final say. There's been two rounds of voting. There's uh, five uh, left. Uh, so Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor. Uh, who I, I whose resignation? He's one of the worst, form, isn't he? Sorry, for, former chancellor, I should say. He his resignation as chancellor triggered uh, the 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 mass uh, resignation that saw the end for for Boris. Uh, coming in second is uh, Penny Mordaunt, the the dark horse of the of the. Uh, she's the most popular amongst the the membership. Uh, she's a, a Brexiteer, former naval officer. So she's a patriot, strong on national security, on immigration, but she's described as uh, very woke on uh, uh, social issues. She has previously stated that trans women are women and uh, trans men uh, are men. And then there's uh, the, the, the Brexiteers. They're actually backing the uh, Foreign Secretary, Liz Truss. Uh, she came in. She's third currently. Uh, so so she, she was a Remainer, but uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg and uh, uh, Nadine Doris uh, are backing her. And then you have uh, next up in, in fourth place is Kemi uh, Badnock. She's the... Uh, uh, she's uh, the of uh, Nigerian uh, de, of ethnicity, although she was born in the the UK. Uh, she's uh, 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 she, uh, though she's very much against uh, what is that identity politics. She said, "Don't yeah, vote." For most, she seems black. she seems the like the most right wing one. Obviously, uh, like only only a Nigerian could could put put the uh, put the UK to right. It's the same thing with like the Anglicans, like the. The English Anglicans are all terrible, but the Nigerian ones are actually based. So you just need to need the Nigerians to take over the English government and and let them run it. Um, mm. Yeah, I was as Dr. Foster asking there, why didn't Rhys Mogg run? I wanted the same thing because I I did see at some point they were saying he was you know consider, considering a run. And even though I was disappointed with him because of COVID, um, like Rhys Mogg would you'd think he you know he'd be the one to actually be something that you know. He'd be the one that people would actually have some kind of faith in to deliver on a conservative agenda. And the rest of them just seem like either no-namers or no-hopers or globalist plants. And and it, there's no, none, nobody to be excited about. Like, you want them all to lose. Mm. But obviously, and if Reese Mogg is not going to run, he knows he must know something we don't know, which is why he's not running. Yeah, so the the fifth candidate still in the in the, in the the race is Tom uh, Tugendhat. Uh, so yeah, the only white male uh, left in the in the in, in the field. Uh, thankfully, uh, uh, Boris Johnson's uh, 2019 uh, final two opponent, Jeremy Hunt, got eliminated on the first uh, ballot <laughs> because he I did see uh, that. Uh, he uh, it was the the most pro lockdown and thought the the CCP playbook was the way to go. N Nadine Doris, she spilled the beans saying uh, uh, that uh, Jeremy Hunt uh, suggested that uh, we should separate positive children from their, uh, of their, their parents. Uh, we'll see if the, the public will wear it. And yeah. thankfully that uh, didn't eventuate in the UK. Yeah. Most of these, I mean, that's the thing, most of these, these, you know, cons conservative MPs are uh, total garbage, absolute worst. 
uh, yeah, I see the chat's come up with a couple of good suggestions. Um, we'll see. Uh, there was a an un, uh, a non-political question in there about my uh, my mustache. Um, now I just put some wax uh, in a special New Zealand-made uh, wax that's really really good um, and very very strong. I don't use it all the time, but I did decide to use it today, which is why it why it looks so good. Probably. Uh, there's a a super chat uh, from. Uh, I am a stupid moron. I don't know why they've chosen that uh, that uh, YouTube name, but they've uh, uh, donated five Australian dollars. So thank you uh, for that. Uh, they've asked, hey, Tim, is there any meetups in real life anymore for conservatives like the old Liberty Fest? I know that the Australian Libertarian Society Friedman Conference is taking place uh, in, in Sydney uh, this weekend, though I'm quite, what is it, uh, alienated from the uh, Australian Libertarian Movement uh, uh, TM because they're, they're, they're just too uh, fence-sitting, have no uh, courage, and, yeah, it's like Libertarians uh, arguing amongst each other and, you know, debating uh, nerdy things. It's just, you know, <laughs> toxic. <laughs> Uh, for, for, for the New Zealanders, especially the Aucklanders, we do have a fairly regular Right Minds meetup, which I post about in the Telegram channel or the Facebook group uh, when we hold those. Uh, there was supposed to be one this month, but I've just been way too busy. So ho hopefully in August, early August sometime, we'll start start planning. Um, but we, it would be nice to have a, have a catch up with people. And I know that there are a lot yeah. of people, a lot of right wing people who enjoy that. Um, and we've got, I think we'll have a few other things planned uh, throughout uh, you know, the next little while, because I have mentioned, I uh, did mention the um, forum for the family, we'll kind of like try and have a sort of a, a right minds uh, event around that maybe. Um, I'll also be in Christchurch near the end of the year for a uh, for a new conservative AGM. So we'll try and, and sort some things out with some people then for, for you New Zealanders watching the show. Uh, yeah, I'm not so I can't help out the Australians though. Uh, there was also on <laughs> Wednesday evening the uh, uh, Reignite Democracy Freedom Summit uh, Down Under. Uh, so um, that was $85 per ticket. So had some big hitters there. Uh, Topher Field, who made the documentary uh, Battlefield Melbourne. Malcolm Roberts, One Nation Senator. Jared Rennick, uh, Pro-Freedom LNP Senator. Uh, uh, Morgan C. Jonas, uh, who is trying to register the Freedom Party of Victoria for the state election, and uh, also uh, Fanos Paniides, uh, one of the, the first uh, freedom act activists who was uh, uh, manhandled by police back in May 2020. We are well over time now, so... Um... We shall probably wrap it up. I don't see any fresh questions uh, other than uh, the discussion on the previous ones. So uh, we will uh, say goodnight. And I think uh, I'll be back in two weeks if everything goes well. Just double check my calendar here. And that looks all right. So we'll be back on the 29th uh, for another show. And uh, yeah, thank you all for watching tonight. Uh, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been, like I said, uh, been been a great show and be nice for me at least just to sit down and relax just for a little bit and uh, ready, ready for bed. And uh, uh, well, that's, that's, that's really it for me, Tim. Yep. And I'll be back next week uh, for Trad Tasman Talk with Stephen Berry, uh, which is the weeks that he's on. It's at 7 p.m. Melbourne 
time, which is 9 p.m. Auckland time, so slight time difference, but it's there. All the shows are now always going to be on Fridays now. Uh, I'll be next uh, on air uh, Monday, uh, 8.30 p.m. Uh, Melbourne time on the Wilmsfront channel uh, for Tim's News Explosion, and I've just uh, come back from recording some new reports from Tiger Mountain with Richard Wilsoncroft, and, of course, uh, the Andy Nolt show and knowledge reports on his uh, BitChute channel as well. So please uh, stay safe, everyone. Stay warm, stay fed, stay healthy, and stay free. Mm-hmm. Do you want to add any and good studies? night. We are going to win. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of Trad Tasman Talk. To keep up with the latest real news and analysis from the Tasman Nations, visit the young shackles.net and rightminds.nz.